0: Happening, so welcome back to a little house in the prairie podcast. Uh, this week we've got episode 10, and this one's a special one. Uh, joined by my long time good pal, top dog for the Shire. we get Elliot Scoosh. How's it going, mate? Good, oh, man. My good man, good
1: man, life's good,
0: good, mate. Good, glad to hear it. So, uh, I see uh, you've got your Hi, close man. contact gear on there and representing. What's that been like then being involved with in that over the
1: last few months? In the merch, man. It's 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 been good, man. It's see like see for me like, personally, like the kinda like, biggest thing that I think I've like kinda gained with it is just that like see if that this hadn't started, the whole close contact thing hadn't started, I would have never uh, like attempted to take DJing any further than just doing it at my pals. You know what I mean? and like, like gaffs and all that and like making mixes and stuff so see like working like folk like Daniel and Stephen and, and Darryl it just like it gives you like the confidence boost you know you
0: need you know what I mean hey, we've spoken about it as well obviously I had Stephen on here in the third episode and Darryl a few weeks yeah. ago there and it's, it's good to have folk run, like that run about you that are just non-stop and just like work and really see how far they can push things because it gives you an extra motivation to Aye. get stuck in Aight, 100%. Let's see if, like,
1: see if you would ever want to, like, kind of, like, see somebody start a business, it would it would be Stephen. And, like, you know what I mean? He's just, like, he's just the most motivated guy ever, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Honestly, he just, it, it, and see the thing is, as well, he's, like, proper, like, clever with it as well. Like, he just knows, he just knows how to do it, man. He's obviously been, like, doing different kind of things for years. But then, see, when you get, like, the drive of Stephen, like, the, the knowledge that like Daniel has in terms of like the, all the equipment and you know what I mean all that kind of side of stuff all the audio type stuff uh, and then like Daryl like Daryl's just like he's got so much exp- for somebody who's like 24 25 experience that he's got is like unbelievable you know what I mean uh, so it's 20. like it's so cool to be like, kind of part of the team they get to like kind of sit and let like, see let's like, see what's happening you know what I mean
0: uh just get to like I think it's like I genuinely I,
1: I've said this to Stephen, like, I think it's like the best idea of aye, aye, exactly. Aye. Uh, yeah, like, between the three of them, the all it like, brings something completely different. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's good it's, to it's
0: good to kinda of get to yeah. be involved a bit with it and, and watch it. You need that as well, right? You need, you need a few folk to kind of bring something, uh, bring their own thing to the table and then it takes a wee bit of the pressure off everybody else as well because it's no one person doing one thing. It's everybody bringing their expertise to the table and working towards one goal and that's kind of what's made you so successful so far because it's only really been, what, a year, just over a year since uh, this kind of came about and I remember... Like I'm, I always keep in touch with Stephen. I'm always kind of talking to him and seeing how he's getting on. Obviously, because me and Stephen are quite close, and he was here living with me for two months and that. So I don't think I can shake the bastard after that. But right. uh, no, <laughs> when, when he was telling me that he's were doing that, I was like, all right, sound like he's were doing a week and like filming a set and that. But he didn't mm-hmm. give me much inf- information other than that. And then when I seen it, it was like in the Maritime Museum and everything, I was like, right. They're onto something here if they can keep making this bigger and better. Like, I'm, I'm quite excited.
1: i's right. going to come here? It's like that I was saying my like earlier on. Like, it's see, like try to find these kind of places. Like, you would never think in like so you could find places like that. And you know, like I've been to like house parties before, and like folk will get the videos up in the telly, and it's just such a good like visual kind of aid. You know what I mean? It's just to sit and watch. Like, something like that. And then there's so many times that, like, i watch the videos and I'll just be like, this is, like, this is amazing. So, like, like, it's just so, it's just so cool. And it's, you know, see, because it's, like, it's been built over lockdown. I really hope it does give, like, it does give it the momentum to kind of push through past, like, lockdown. And then, like, the kind of um, sky's the limit, you know what I mean, with stuff, like, in terms of putting on actual events and stuff, you know what I mean?
0: It's quite because it's like, like, at the end of the day,
1: see like if you look at the Instagram, I see it as like a, a I see like the Instagram is like a kind of portfolio, if you know what I mean. Mm. You can just like you go through it and you can just see like it's just streaks and streaks of work, you know what I mean? That's how you gotta give like credit to like Stephen and Daniel and Daryl for putting all that together, you know what I
0: mean? It's scary, like you like you said, it started over lockdown and up to this point the things that they've been able to do and the videos that they've been able to make where the restrictions are locked down and no having full access to do whatever they want all the time and still coming with quality videos is mental like it just makes you think once everything opens up and you have free reign and they can they can really get creative and push the boundaries like what is it they're going to come up with next because even even things like well you see it with the circle videos is probably the closest relation in terms of the kind of uh, memorable locations but with what they've been able to do so far within Scotland on the budget that they work on which is as far as I'm aware next to nothing other than you was just putting in your time um, it's just mad like managing to go all the way up to uh, it was a, the Glenfiddich viaduct that they done with Glen and then even places run about and even getting Glenn up there and I think they were talk- uh, last time I spoke to Stephen he was talking about going to Ireland to do it and and make good on them like the fact that he's willing to do these kind of things and push the boundaries but, aye, that's the thing and it's
1: brilliant aye, well, that, that's the thing man like, let's see at the end of the day man let's see if you've got the right stuff what do you what do you need man you need a, a camera I and mean, that's that's about it man you need somebody to, like if you could go anywhere in the world with somebody that has like a set of decks um You've got and then if you you've got somebody that's videos like they can edit the videos and all that kind of stuff. Can just you can do it anywhere. That's why like the, the circle videos, I think watching the videos you would think, oh, these are like pure huge production type things and like it probably the, the, the cost the main cost is probably getting the location, you know what I mean? hundred percent. Because you're like, really, what, what are they doing? They're, they're videoing it with a decent camera and then using a drone to kinda of capture the the kind of the, the crazy shots and all that but like a camera and a drone <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I mean to make videos that are proper like world famous you know what I, mean?
0: They, I mean the cost the cost of it they're doing is essentially coming from like you said getting to the locations and then bringing in the names because I mean that's essentially the most the most important yeah. part is bringing quality uh, artists in to, to do what they do do you know what I mean folk that folk that people know and people look up to and yeah. folk would be buzzing to see if they were playing in clubs near them and just putting them on a platform where it doesn't matter where folk are in the world that they get a great experience and they get good music and I mean it's it's a hard thing to do obviously they can't afford to bring in big names but the, the, the names that you've got and the, the resume that you've built has been brilliant like Obviously you're selling Stephen kicked off and then you've got somebody else on the team like Daryl that's been doing music for years is another big bonus. But uh, even Stephen's ability to to source people like Glenn as well for down south and uh was it aye, Gus as like, well.
1: That that was like I Yeah. I like we um like said so Glenn. That's what like Stephen is good, man. He's just good at like like see people in terms of people skills. He's good at He's, he's good at stuff like that, you know what I mean? Um, uh, so definitely, a... He definitely, like, they make folk want to work with him, which is good, which is, you know I mean, that's, like, a, a really big thing. And it's, like, I always say, when we talked about it the first time, like, what, well, last year, I remember saying it would be good to, like, create, like, an ecosystem, a folk, where everybody's, like, cool with each other, everybody bounces off each other, because, they, see, like, See, see, making like the kind of like the, the collectives and the, the groups and all that, seeing whether it's no it doesn't obviously happen as much in the inner suburb, more like in Glasgow, and that it's so cliquey and it's it's like it's pure horrible to see because it's like folk just like I said that bounced off each other, helped each other, like being mere sound folk would like get a lot further, you know what I mean? Obviously, folk are not like that, folk just like to see, aye. It's just like, folk just like to see, like, for me to be successful, other folk can't be. And that's just not, that's just not the case at all, man. You know what I
0: mean? And that's how, like, obviously, what I've been doing here as well came after what you have been doing. It's a wee bit different where, obviously, I'm more doing a podcast and the mix series. And I don't have the, the personnel and the skills and obviously the access as well. Like, you have got a lot of areas round about for me. Mm-hmm even Calgary and Edmonton's seven-hour drive and Winnipeg's a five-hour drive, so it's harder to get people in and to do things in person. But uh, that's essentially what we're yeah. trying to build and I took a lot of inspiration for what they were doing and obviously speaking to Stephen and his mindset on it and just trying to bring people together because I think, especially especially in dance music, when you're DJing, you're, you're up there by yourself and a lot of people forget that, uh, that by working together with other people they can, everybody can benefit from it and everybody can grow and start moving forward and be successful together. And I, I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think there is a lot of the, the clickiness and it's just kind of goes against what all this was about when it started, I, right? It was all just like, we've got to get a warehouse. We're going to put two or three DJs on and everybody comes and everybody loves the music. And that's why we're here. We're just here to enjoy ourselves. Nobody's wanting anything out of it they just want to have a, a banging night do you know what I mean? Aye uh, exactly
1: and it's it's like you shouldn't be. obviously like people people probably see this as like oh I could like end up being famous a scene as well like see so you being in Scotland where it's like there's a lot of a spotlight on it like f- folk think by like acting individually though it will be better for them in the long run when it's like the complete opposite man like people get booked in on that for stuff through known people through obviously being good DJs and like selectors and that but like if folk if folk were just like decently sound with each other then then everything would work a lot easier I think yeah. you know what I mean there's, there's no need for it to be the, the kind of way it is and how folk like that or we kind of like work with them and all that kind of type of stuff so that's why like this is good because they. It just it, I, like what I thought it was like. Just get every every person together and everybody have a common kind of thing that they can relate to. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, and I think he's have done a good job at that as well, especially with the folk feeling about and folk that I maybe was not aware of, and then mixing with people that you did know. Because I know uh, obviously like the lassie for Largs, is it Neve Neva. I she you know? she's ah, banging man like I I heard her say I'm like holy fuck and that's my kind of stuff as well like I don't even know if you remember in Ibiza like I know you're more of your kind of lo-fi housey kind of you you've kind of moved into a techno space recently ah, like but it. for me it was all ah, like was plus one forty bpm like blow your fucking head off acid techno like dark as fuck and I started playing it. my beef and I think it was yeah, just okay. me and Grant they were like yes everybody was like what the fuck is this yeah,
1: that's a hangman it's like uh, you've you, you, like obviously found folk like that and like like that that last scene was a good example man like the songs that kind of she makes is like just mega high quality and then like I said, that, that that pencil nugs is obviously a really cool place as well which like, helps um even like like folk like Daryl man, like before like me, I was like pals with Daryl. I didn't listen to a lot of his his music. And then like said I, like <laughs> I say that he's got one of like one of his last like EPs, he's got a song called um what's your favourite colour? And it's like it's probably like my favourite song anybody's made this year. I, I listen to it like like nearly every day. And it's like I'm just like my pal made that it's, it's, you know what I mean? It's amazing and like Listen, I just if you actually realise, there's like so much like good music out there. It's like literally, like literally on your doorstep, and you wouldn't even have known about it unless I, I, I dropped like pals with him. You know what I mean? Uh,
0: that D- so was an interesting one as well because I've known Daryl for actual years, like since we were wee guys. I used to do judo with him like every, like three times <laughs> a week. We were <laughs> knocking fuck at each other, and we, we were like really close in that, and then. Uh, obviously, like when you go to when you go to secondary school and that, uh, you kind of drift apart a wee bit because you find your own groups and your own year and everything. But we were always we always kept in contact. And then when I moved here, I probably didn't speak to him for a couple of years. But I knew he was always making music because, like, I grew up with like, him, Alan McDowell, Cammy McClure, and it was all like uh, like MC tunes and that they used to make. And then it kind of went to me a rap stuff and then dubstep uh, I came back and. I was, I was, I think I was with my girlfriend, we were outside Clubhouse, and I was crossing the road, and I just heard, a fucking Gimp, and I'm like, oh, here we go, who's this, who's this next, right, and he came bouncing across the road, and he's like, mate, I'm playing in Clubhouse tonight, and this and that, and I'm like, oh no, has this got to be like dubstep, or like, what am I getting myself into here, am I just better to get up the road, and I went in and out. Obviously, the sound had changed for the last time I would spoke to him in the last two years. I was like, this, this makes sense, actually. because see the amount of time he's put into music in general. It he, it just Aye. shows. It shows through everything, even though his sound's changed over the years. Just through, through going through all the transitions and covering so many different genres, he's just picked up so much knowledge. And he's the person that oh. he's always been driven to just apply that and to to keep getting better and better, and he doesn't really give a fuck what anybody thinks, as long as he can be critical oh, in selling and see the improvement.
1: Aye, that's the thing, man. Like, see, like, like, he's just, he just has so many, like, qualities that I wish I would have had when I kind of started, like, like, DJing that, like, years ago. And I just think, like, I was always like, oh, no, man, what, what, like, okay, what, what are the going to think about me and I can't. I kinda do this because I'll get embarrassed. And, like, I, I still, like, like get embarrassed to see the videos, man. As soon as somebody turns that, turns that camera on, I'm like, oh. <laughs> like you're terrified to so, it. Like, but it's, you, get, you get used to it, man. And, like, like, like Daryl's just, like, so chilled about everything, man. He just, he just like, it he, he just embraces everything. You know what I mean? And that's, like, that's, like, a good way to be. Like, obviously, when you're doing, like, if you're doing, like, one of the videos or that, but just in life, if if you're that kind of way, you just don't, like don't get a fuck, and you're just like sound chilled about everything. It's a great way to be, man. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, and I think I think a lot of it just comes to the transparency, transparency as well. Like he doesn't, he's got nothing to hide. He is who he is, and there's no fear of judgment because, like you, you know a lot of folk yourself that you see them on social media and that and they're fucking. Putting up all these posts and then you meet them in real person, and they're nothing like what they're like on fucking internet, and you're like, this is, "This is quite disappointing. Aye, this him, is man. quite shite But with Arrow, he's just, "This is me. When you meet me, I'm going to sit and talk to you. Aye, this is what you I'm see. The, see, the, see the, you exact, get the exact same as I'm on online, and just enjoying myself. And if you don't, if you don't want to be on board with it, that sound, I'm not going to sit about and fucking greet about it. I'm just going to get on with things because other folk are so." oh it's banging and I just wanted like, to touch on that a wee bit as well what
1: you were saying there. It's good in, I, I said that it's, it's good in the group as well because like like I have like like, I've, like as soon as like me and kind of Daniel like kind of met each other properly I was always like like I got on like really well with him Um, obviously always got on well with Stephen and then we like Daryl I've got on well well with him and it's like like Stephen like the four is like I, like Together, it's it's hilarious. I think you know what I mean. Right. Um And then like because he like there is like a level of like assertiveness from like Stephen, Daniel, and Daryl. Whenever they, they like, discuss something, it's always like they're dead, like straight to the point. Like like if somebody if somebody does something they don't like, we just say no I aye. And that's the way you've got to be, man. That's, like when you're pals, you should be able to just say like stuff like that to each other. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like if if Stephen like if Stephen can uh, has the final say in something or if like Daniel can always have the final say in something they'll just, they'll just say it and that's, that's like a, a, a really good way to be you know I, know.
0: It's, and I know I've known all of them for years like you have as well like obviously I probably met Stephen a couple of years after uh, Italy would have been when I really became close with Stephen when we went snowboarding out there but obviously I've known you for years and all and then Daniel I fucking see when I was in primary school I didn't actually meet Daniel in person for a long time after I first started talking to him. When I was in primary school, I was, I was pals with Lee, Ross McGee, fucking Robbie Gardner, all the boys, and we used to play Xbox and like Mark McCrory, like Lee's Lee's neighbour, went uh, went to school with or went to school in Fentstyke or something and then he was pals with Daniel or one of his pals was pals with Daniel. So he used to play Xbox with us, and he was always the same way, like I was like, do you know the way that it's like, you're a wee dick. Like, you're just no polarity punches, but <laughs> you're heavy sound, but you're a wee dick, you know? Uh, and Stephen's the uh, same way, man. Like, uh, I've known Stephen for so long, and the biggest problem we have when we're together for extended periods of time is when one thing comes up that we disagree about, neither of the two is wanting to back down, and it just turns into <laughs> fucking all oh, blazing. It's like, oh, fuck, man. So... The worst possible thing you can do is get in an argument with a well It it, it, make,
1: it makes it feel good memories, thing. Aye, honestly, it's uh, If you go in, when uh, like if you disagree with man, you've got to, you you've got to pull out the big guns, man. But
0: he takes <laughs> like, just it. Just get accept,
1: like just accept defeat, man. That's what I, If I disagree with him or something, I'm just like, aye, aye, definitely, man. But he
0: takes definitely. it, but he but he That's hates, way, man. Like, he hates you no one's See wrong. when
1: you're like. Kind of, but see, see, when you're like mega motivated, by that man, you can, you can definitely be like that. You've got the right to be like that. You know what I mean? If yeah. you, if you've like built something like I mean, like Daniel built something for absolutely nothing, man. Like the, the, the passion to, to do something right and do something your way, like it's, it's going to be there, man. And nice. see, see the thing is, man, he's like, like both of them have had the nail in the head with everything with the social media with the videos and all that then with like the uh, record label like, with Darwin and they've hit the, head, they've hit the nail on the head with everything so you of say like nobody could ever say oh they could, they could do this differently or they could do that differently because it's like they've literally made something completely unique you know what I mean they just yeah. doesn't seem to be like you know, be stopping like anytime soon so. it's,
0: Stephen's right. always been like that but like I mean even in school you see him with the Opposed stuff when he used to do that and then like I think what he's done over the last few years is, like, even though this is something that's only started over the last year, for years before that, he's just, he's like a sponge. He's just been surrounding himself with the right people to soak in all that knowledge. Like, Boycey's a big one. I know him and Boycey are really close, and he's another person that's very similar to that, where he knows what he wants done and he knows how to get it done. And he's nonstop about what it is Aye. that he's doing. Aye. And he's just he's you look at him and you he mm-hmm. just guarantees success. Like there's no way that he's gonna fail because he's not gonna ever give up. He's gonna find a way to make it work. And I think Stephen Boise being so close for so many Aye. years is a lot of the reason why Stephen's had so much success with this as well, where he's he's pulled that that knowledge that he's seen Boise doing what he's doing and went if I was today, I would do it this way, but I need to also take into account that, that, and that and make sure that I'm applying that to what it is that I'm doing. And you've seen it paying off, man. Like aye, 100%. The introductions they put aye. on is, is brilliant. And uh, I just kind of wanted to come back to aye. this as well. Like what you were saying where uh, when you're like in front of the camera and you're still a wee bit kind of shy and embarrassed and uh, you would probably wouldn't have done what you are doing now and being involved in this if it wasn't for uh, Stephen and Daru and Daniel putting this together. Uh, but I, I remember, like, yeah. see, bef- see before, like, folk were going out and uh, going to these, like, going to survey and going to, like, SWG3 and things like that. Even, like, this was before I left, so it would have been about eight, nine years ago. Even then, you were DJing, you were the only one that I knew, you were the first one that I knew, you were DJing, you were right. into dance tunes, you were, and I think just music it's... in general, you've always been somebody that's uh-huh. like, you, you're you so knowledgeable about music cause you just love it so much. And one of the folks uh-huh. that I've known that's been doing it for a long time.
1: It's just like, I, do you know where it comes from? Right, Like genuinely, it comes from like, I remember, like, I don't know if you ever remember that big huge speaker that I used to have and I used to take it to other parties. But, it was that a big Bob Marley speaker. <laughs> it was like a big. It was like it was like that size. It was huge. A big, massive thing. Um, I used to take that every like to every. I, I used to take it to every party room me, right? And I remember like when like folk like going kind of, like parties seventeen. I remember I used to sit there and think, I hate these tunes, man. I wish I could just be in charge of the tunes all the time. So I would just get uh, this big massive speaker, bring the tunes, in, and then let like, see when folks say, "Oh, put this tune on, play that tune on." Oh, I've heard this tune. You just start to pick up like a library, and then it just gets bigger and bigger until you've got this like monumental playlist of like absolute like, party-starting tunes, and folk love it. And then like I remember like used to, I used to get such a buzz, man. See, when you used to put class tunes on. You'd sit like that, like oh, I have to feel loves of tunes and have these like pure hype you know that, and all that in it's class. And then that's when you start thinking like I could just do this all the time to every party that I go to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's how that I was like that's how the like starting to DJ even even happened man and then i was like obviously getting into it and all that it's like learning it at first is hard like see when you try to get your head around it, it is hard but then see once you see once you pick up the the basic 20% man everything else just comes comes naturally you know what i mean um it's more about like a have like this is what i've kind of realized like the last like maybe two years is like it's about song selection. It's like you can be a good DJ, you could be, you could be the best DJ in the world, but see if your song selection is absolutely shit. Nobody cares. You know what I mean? Yeah. But being a an, being a decent DJ and having like select like brilliant tunes is like obviously the most important thing. I think anyway. Uh, you have well, to and you have to be you have to be good in every genre. You can't you can't like you can't just know one genre. You know what I mean? Because of, like if you if you're gonna if you got to play a mix for somebody or you're going to a gaff or you're playing a night or whatever you need to be able to adapt you know what I mean yeah, you can't fit
0: a t- square peg whatever, in a round hole you need to be able to uh you need to be able to pick the ones That'd that fit exactly. the night and fit the atmosphere and I think uh you you've nailed it there as well like there's no better feeling when you put on a tune to you, especially when you're in a gaff like when you put on that tune that you just no, matter, like, everybody's stunned about talking and this and that, and then the tune comes on, you just see everybody's head turning, up, singing at the top you of their lungs the and going nuts and fucking, and you're just like, yeah,
1: aye, man, that's, that's the one, the, man. Aye. that's the one. Aye, that, that, honestly, man, that gives you such a buzz, and it's always gave me, like, a pure buzz. And, like, ah, it's just, wait, it's just, like, pure riding the energy, mate. It's just, it's class, it's, it's, it's pure enjoyable, I think. Um... You'll never, I like, will never know. Get a, a, a buzz for that, you know what I mean? I say like I'm, 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 pure buzzing, like for this going on in the future. Uh, see for like doing like club nights, stuff like that, man. Like I think it's just going to be, it's going to be class, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it so much.
0: I, I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. I'm just hoping that by the time, uh, when the timeline that you get to open and get to put on your events, will be open so I can come in for it, cause. I've been talking to Stephen like when you just put the events on I want to be there because Stephen, like Daryl I've seen Daryl playing a couple of times uh, obviously in Ibiza Stephen was kind of jumping on and off and he's made a mix for, for this show and uh, he sends me a lot of these kind of mixes and like I've heard some of his stuff and you like I've I've don't know how many times I've seen you play, like countless times in house parties and just everywhere. I beef up is just about every like fucking day for what ten hours a day, and it's. Every I minute, just, minute, man. I just <laughs> think it's unfair because you've no, as far as I'm aware, I don't know, you've no played out in clubs. Maybe. No,
1: never. No, I've never, in, I've never played in actual. I've, I've played my. Never played in like an actual club night before. And that's like, like I think like, it, it's easy, for as easy as to put on, it should never be like, oh, that's my goal is just to play a club night. Because you should obviously, you should want to do more than that. But it's, it's de- like anybody can put on a club night. You know what I mean? Yeah. See now, any, like, anybody can put on a club night. You see honours of different collectives and all that like popping up and they'll play Two or three club nights and then you'll never hear them again. But it's getting like the foundations right and starting and getting the right one that you, you that you want to continue on from. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. want to just you don't want to just play one club night. And go, oh that was good. All oh, my pals will remember all that, and then that's the end of it, man. You want to you want to actually create something that can like can chug forward itself. You know what I mean? Keep going. Uh,
0: and uh, <clears throat> no, but I'm I'm buzzing to see what you doing because I think. Especially with the the lineup that he's have had with the, the videos and that, I think he's going fucking smash it, and I'll just go for strength to strength and really see where he can take it. Because I can see even Stephen well, I suppose Stephen was talking about going to Ireland and that. I can see it being a big hanger over the UK and mm-hmm. carrying over to some places in Europe potentially as well. And I mean, you've we've seen it recently from the UK, like these these well put together events have really started to. To kind of show, but peak head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, you're seeing flying terminal via the kind of two big ones in Scotland, and then yeah. uh, down south you've got a warehouse project, which is a really big one. And it's, mm. I think this is something else. The concept of it is so different to everything else that's been before it. But the folk that are working on it and the things that you've managed to do with the the limited resources so far, it's I think you're you're spot on there, and it's something that's just going to keep pushing on, and something that hopefully we'll see. Obviously, you be playing your first your first uh, club night, and that will be something that's special because I think a lot of people <laughs> they saw you playing, is missing it because, like I said, I might be a wee bit biased, obviously, because I'm your pal, but that like the tunes, like we were in Ibiza, right, and it was like we were going out. And seeing some of the best DJs in the world, yeah. that, that was class. And then when you get back to the villa, the tunes were still fucking class. <laughs> you were still just gone for it. And it was so weird, man. I'll just remember the one night that we get... Where did we come back from? It was the one night that we went to high. And a lot of folk, like I was kind of saying earlier, when I was putting on heavier tunes and that, a lot of the people that we went with weren't really deep into kind of techno music and that it was like they they like dance music but their music's their music tastes so spanned and they're no pure deep into it where they're searching through different tunes and different djs and that and uh we went to high and a lot of folk were disappointed because obviously it was like tale of uh Ricondi, uh who else played that night uh who's the other big one i'm trying is, is that not the first Jamie jones night uh, that was the second Jamie Jones night because we seen Jamie Jones in the first so night in DC. Oh, but, aye, aye, Jamie aye, Jones aye, played aye. as well, and his second night, it, but it, that because it was Tale of Us and their uh, Afterlife, it was all kind of like melodic techno and really drawn out and layered. And aye. a lot of folk didn't really wasn't really into that. But for me, that was one aye, of my favourite nights.
1: Dead progressive man.
0: Uh,
1: aye, that's that's the thing, man. It's like obviously when you get in, yeah, it, it's like. You obviously, everybody gets into that kind of music through the same, like, tunes. It's like the kind of, the charity type tunes. But then oh, yeah. see, like, as you just go further and further in it, it's when you pick the, the only kind of tunes that you like and on that, and then that's how you end up with the, like, the, the genre, genres that you're liking on that. But I, I remember, that, mate, that night was amazing. That, that night was class. You just have to have the kind of patience just to to actually sit for, like, like half an hour, an hour at a time and just sit and watch him and just experience it
0: it's and it's a different kind of energy as well so like with a lot of the kind of and tech house stuff it's like it's like high energy kind of peak like just everybody good times whereas with this it's like you were in the room and you can it's like it's no the energy's not there yet but you can just feel the build in it it's like a big fucking ball energy that's just getting ready to explode and you're just like this is mental it gives you goosebumps and you're just on there like this is a whole, it's a similar thing, but it's just a whole other ball game in terms of the way that they control the room and they control the dance floor and everything is like, oh, uh, it's like fishing, isn't it? It's like I'm they're waiting. sitting it in there and they're just building it up and teasing you and waiting and waiting. And then when it does go, you're like, fucking hell, man, that is mental. Aye. But I remember we hey, get It's about like the experience, isn't eh? it? Aye, it is. It's a, it's a different you know I mean? feeling. It's like blowing your
1: mind, man. It's like, that's what it's about, man. It's just about you being like, oh my god, like it's a proper, like, like, an experience that you remember, kind of this, stuff like that. You know what I mean?
0: And you feel like that they're in control, right? Like, they just feel it's like it's nearly like driving where the do you know that way like when you're sitting beside somebody and you know they're a good driver and it's like you're at ease because they're in full control that's kind of what it's like where they have so much control over the sound that's coming out of the speakers that it's just fascinating to watch and it's like really Mm -hmm. interesting on your ears and but when we get back for that night i'm sure it was that night we were off man and uh you came back right and you had, we had the decks set up on the on the island board and the living room with the speakers, and everybody's just I, on the island board and, and everybody was sitting in the in the living room, and we were all just wrecked. And uh, you were playing tunes, and you were like you just like went and acquired stuff that that belonged to like each person. So you had somebody's bucket hat on, you had my towel, my ranger's towel wrapped around your waist, you'd like somebody else's t-shirt on, and like a hoodie and that. I remember, like, we were sitting on the couch and grad kept going like that to me. Yeah, yeah, that's was that one. He's like, who brought that cunt back? He's banging, by the way. <laughs> we were sitting there like who is this DJ man? But things like that, man, like, just being in the villa, like, the laughs and the tunes were just as good as any night out that we went on. Like, the whole, the whole experience through the week was just brilliant and I think that's something we lacked in the first year was... Obviously, first year was good and it was mental because it's kind of hard not to have a mental week in Ibifa. But this bringing the decks the second time definitely made it a lot better because it didn't really stop. Obviously, folk would kind of oh, they'd slowly uh, fade away uh, to their bed, but it was always uh, come there. and go.
1: Uh, uh,
0: and I think because
1: uh, they like the of time for sleeping as well. I said to Sean, no, mate. I was like. I think the earliest I got up one day was the day that we went to Mambo and it's like I woke up and then I was in the shower at the door and then like within 20 minutes I was watching the sunset (laughs) and that was like the the earliest I woke up and I was only about 20 minutes away from watching the sunset you know what I mean?
0: Well we were uh, doing like six, seven hour shifts in in the clubs at night so you are bust by the time you get home and then uh, you get home you don't want to go to your bed straight away so you're kind of hanging about and then it's 9.10 nine ten in the morning before you're actually in your bed and sleeping. And I remember the one day as oh well. The other, the other day that kind of stood out was, do you remember the day that we got up and everybody wanted to go into the town? And we were all like, fucking go for it. I'm no, I'm not going to do in there. I can't be arsed with a strip. I'm not going to do and it, I think it was me, you and Holden. And we went and sat in the wee tapas bar and drank pints with the old guys and had a scratch but sitting
1: eating tapas with the old guys. I, 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 think that was the best meal. That was the best meal I've ever had in my life, man. Because I had not it for like three days. <laughs> I just remember like picking up this sausage and like taking a big bite and thinking that is the best thing I've ever had in my life. But <laughs> three days i know eating. Tastes like.
0: Wait. I put my body through some stuff, oh, man. Because we went to Awakening, right? And I'm not kidding you. We left on the we left on the Friday. I we left on the Friday, and I ate in Witherspoons in the airport before we left. From then until we got into the airport in Eindhoven on the Sunday, all I ate was uh, a fruit salad, half a spring roll, and I think an apple in the morning and
1: that was it. For like three days. No, I mean, it's like, honestly, you can, you can pure, you can actually put your body through some stuff, man. I don't know, man. But nice. It's like, you, you wake up rough, you don't want to eat, so then you get back on it and then if you don't eat when you're back on it, you just don't eat again and then, like, you pure realise your, your body doesn't need food that much. <laughs> <laughs> you're these not on these all I mean, I can go like five days without eating. <laughs> Mate, I just feel re- like oh I, I need to eat every single day. <laughs> no, you don't, mate. You need to hover, you need to better. That's that's the only thing that's necessary.
0: Mate, I remember getting getting home, right? And my dad took one look at me and he went, Fucking hell, you're well skinny. And I was like, Ah fucking tell me something I don't know. I've been skinny since I was fucking born. And he's like ah, no no, I mean like for the time you left to the time you came back, you look like you've maybe lost about like twenty pounds or whatever. I was like he? Aye. Like my He's birthday was two He's days after I got home and folk were messaging me like here do you want to go for a pints? Like it's your birthday and that and I was like no, no moving. It's gonna take me two weeks to fucking Aye. recover for the full days. There's no chance I'm getting out of this bed.
1: Mental man. It's uh, I remember like I was that bad that I didn't start like obviously like if you're on it, you're like waiting the next day, and you know all that I didn't wait until like the third day I was back. <laughs> What is going on, man? Like, what is my body doing? but uh, it's see, the thing is, right, it was that bad, like, after um, after I beat her, that I definitely know next time where my one is. (laughs) I mean, I remember folk were talking about like taking a day off, and I'm like, we weren't weren't there long enough to take a day off, you have to be there for like seven or eight days to, to. like be worthy of a day off we were only there like, for like four nights
0: can I do that talking for experience of as somebody that's hard. been twice after the first time that we were there so on the first time i've spoke about this before so we've done four days and then on the friday we're like everybody's burst nobody wanted to go it. so there was like five or six It is like do you know what fuck it we'll just go at the strip we'll kind of behave early and we'll have a relatively easy night we sat in the pub across the road for the Highlander I bet, I bet. with one drink and nobody said a fucking word to anybody. Every those six years just sitting there, no you know, even speaking to each other because <laughs> nobody could want We were all fucked. And I remember when I got back after that week, I said to myself, Never again am I doing that. Like that was the that was the fucking nightmare or nightmares. Like I was I was fucked after that. Right. And then the next year came running and I just done the same thing and it was like, fuck it, let's go. Because over time, you just kind of forget about it and then you just end up, once you're there, there's just, can I talk in earlier before we started about Vegas and it's a similar idea where there's just so much stuff to do and it's nonstop that you can literally, you don't need to, if you're you're relatively smart, you could go without even having a hotel and just go there for days and you'd always have something to do and somewhere to go. Oh, mate,
1: 100%. Mate, you could just walk about, Mate, it's that warm. <laughs> you, could, you could just walk about all the time, man. Like, just non-stop, man. It's, it's like, I get. they're actually quite similar. There's just non-stop pinks today, man. You, like, uh, the, the place just doesn't. Like, Vegas, like, just the place just doesn't sleep. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, I don't think I'll ever go to a place like that again in my life. You know what I mean? Uh, it's fucking
0: mental, and I think the group of folk that we had as well was perfect. Um, because I mean, oh, I both, both times I went, I mean, I can't, I can't knock the first time that we went was was really good. And obviously we had different people the second time, but the second time was just perfect. It was just always a laugh. Like even the day that it was pissing rain, we just sat around that table and like for hours I had tears running down my face. Like I was fucking creasing myself because we sat under the wee canopy and. Like rain pouring down, and possibly the warmest place that you that you could be, and it was like we were still just gone for it, and even getting on the plane on the way home, like that. you have to
1: put like when you're sitting in that situation in the group, you have to you have to pull out your thick skin.
0: Uh, and I think uh, even on the plane in the way home as well. Like I mean, we were there for four days, and I think a lot of folk it uh, took its toll on them, and they were kind of ready to wind down and get back to normality and just chill. That
1: was my like,
0: mind. But we get in the fucking airport, uh-huh. and Kyle abandoned his bag for bottles of wine. Boise was <laughs> Boise was on a condition all the way to he fucking landed in Presswick I'm sure did Kyle not try going to Glasgow and going right. <laughs> <Like, laughs>
1: No, we don't do talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I man, like he was like straight back up, like we, we were in the I left my bag in the toilet for like, three hours, man. I'm sitting eating a the KFC. they called the, the gate and I'm like, I've actually no even seen my bag for like two hours at least. <laughs> and then I was like going up to everybody and I was like, Oh, have you just any? You've got my bag? No, like, no. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I was like here we go again. <laughs> Basically, I found it in the toilet, like, it was still in the cubicle, like, for some reason I took my bag all the went to the cubicle.
0: The
1: way
0: there was the worst one. we fucking, we left Spoon's right, we got on the train and so we'd had a pint, we got on the train and uh, we got off the train and you turned and went, here, I was like, oh, I've left my bag in the train. There's like. a Fucking hell, scoush, man! We've not even made it to the fucking airport yet. We've not even set foot in the airport, and you've left your bag on the train. Do and then, do, do, oh. who was it that went and got it? Was it Boise? Aye, I'll,
1: I'll tell. I'll, I'll tell the story of how Boise got it because it was hilarious. Um, so let's see. Uh, as we walk, like, see, we got off the train, man. I'm pure buzz. I'm like, yes, let's go, come on. And then like, we started walking up the, uh, walking up the stairs, and I, I I can't remember if it was like. Like Kyle or somebody, but somebody was kind of no getting their hang up in a bag. And I just picked up the bag and I was like, oh, let's go. And I've been bounced up the stairs and I got gave them a bag. Everybody was walking in front of me, I was let's like, take a snapchats and I, like, my phone. And I'm just looking at everybody's bag, going, Where's my bag? <laughs> <laughs> and then it just hit me and I just stopped and I just turned around and I think like I think it was like you and Grand that was standing right behind me and I just went my bag in the train and I just I just walked <laughs> just straight back down the stairs.
0: <laughs> and then,
1: boy, wasn't there yet, so I was uh, phoned him. I'm like, uh, we've got a situation, and he just knew straight away. He's like, you forgot your bag, and I was like, Aye. So he um, he got dropped off, sent Caitlin up to air to try and get the bag on it's before it turned red. They do the train all
0: the way to
1: I'm not sure, but basically, I stayed in the train. Train all the way there, but I can't remember if it stayed in the train coming back, and we got it off the train, or if Caitlin got it. I can't. I'm, I'm not sure, right? So like, <laughs> then, so we're sitting in the bar, and I'm like shaking, like, oh no, I'm gonna have to buy a, like full new clothes for a week and all that. I'm like pure terrified. He goes out, gets the bag. No, it must have been Caitlin got it because he, he went inside and got it. He came in, um, <laughs> and this is the, this is the funniest part, right? I was wearing like a bracelet, and we were going through like, the press airport security. <laughs> and then like, like I put my bracelet in, like in the, uh, in the wee ducket thing, alright. And walked through the kind of like the, the the scanner thing, and he was like, right, we need to go, we need to go. And it goes like that to me, like I've got your bangle, alright. <laughs> but I thought it's bag. <laughs> so I just left my bag again, <laughs> just started charging through the airport, and then we got to the gate, and we were up standing in the queue, and I'm like, hey, boy, she was my bag, and he's like. Hey, what do you mean, where's my bag? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, see this look in his face, man. He's just like standing with like a double-void fucking coat and he was pure, like, rage. He just, like, comes up, but he's like, oh, I can't even I can't believe you. I, like, I'm sprinting through the airport. And, like, I've, like, it's like four, like, uh, the, the TSA folk, I've, like, just been, like, sitting, looking at my bag, as if, like, like whose bag is this? Like, how can some, you know what I mean? And I took it off and I was oh, like, they don't even know that this is the second time I've lost my bag. And I was like, then we went to um, we went to uh, Vegas. I done this like getting off at the train at Glasgow Airport. Everybody's amped buzzing, through, like, uh, bouncing through like, bouncing through it. No, no Glasgow Airport, Glasgow train station, and then like Shannon just goes like, yeah, like "Where's your bag?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can get my bag, man. I, I honestly don't know how I do it." Hey, you don't happen one day. I'm going to lose my bag and I'm going to feel absolutely terrible.
0: You done it three times in one day. You left it on the train. You then you left it at security, and then we got to we got to Ibiza, got ourselves sorted in the villa and that, and we went out to DC10. And at the start of the night, you went here, Liam. Here's my wallet and my phone. You look after them. You've got you've got our bum bag. Like just leave it in there. Don't let me touch it. You come out we outside and you're like, yeah, it's fucking roasting in there. I'm gonna go and get a fan, Liam. Can I get my wallet? I'm gonna go and get a fan, really I sound. You went away and get a fan, you come back, you're, up, you're buzzing with your fan, Liam's like that, ah, you get your wallet, you're like, Oh fuck my wallet. Who the fuck's my wallet?
1: I like do you know what it was? It's that like I went through, got my fan. Oh man, I'm like how like how bad can you get man? Like, I went through, got my fan, and then like I kind of went into Patrick Topham for like two seconds and I had like one of those like crossbody body bags. I didn't see the full holiday. I would like sit with like up here and I would like walk about with like this. So I'm like walked into Patrick Topham. I'm like, i got my phone, my wallet and my passport on here. Went right up to the front. Stood for like 10 seconds. Like I'd like the hang on. And I was like, oh, I always meant to go back to everybody. Turned around, went back to everybody. Came out to use, you know, like where's your, <laughs> where's your wallet? And I looked down in my bags, like, what line? wide do my wallet's gone? <laughs> oh, fucking hell, man. <laughs> that's that's when I was like, that's when I was like, um, I I was like to Liam, I was like, here, take my passport, because if I lose that, uh, I'm dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? See when you got when, your wallet, I just I... didn't, I didn't take responsibility for them. The See when you got your wallet
0: back. No,
1: did you... I I um I I didn't get I. I didn't get it back. I lost
0: it.
1: Did you? Oh. I, I don't know. Have like, I told you the story about my ID? I
0: was about to say that. Did you not know, get your ID back?
1: I <laughs> so, like, that was in, uh, that was the first night. So I was in DC ten, all right? And then, <laughs> so I'm like, I've been, like, we've been home for like two months. It's like September now. You know what I mean? It's, I've been home for ages. And uh, I got a message from like, a random boy from Manchester saying, how's it going, mate? Um. I found your, uh, I found your ID in high, like last week, and I was like, <laughs> "What?" I was like, like how?" I, I was like, "Mate, I didn't like." I, I've been home for like, like like six or seven weeks now, and you found <laughs> it in like like even the same club that I lost it. In. I lost it. In <laughs> DC ten. He found it in high. I just said to the guy, "I was like, you hey, know, I'll, I'll send you a ten. I don't know if you if you send it send it him to me," and he did. I was like, oh, mate, like, wow. Somebody's obviously had that held on to it. And then either like, chucked it or lost it and high. You know what I mean? How, uh, how does that happen, man?
0: It's <laughs> mental, mate. It's mental. It's what actual one of the most fried things ever. A similar story. A similar thing happened to Hayden as well. When he was in when I was home, he went to Barcelona with Brody. And they were in the yeah. plug in Barcelona. And like in the plug I've got to give them ID. So he gave them his ID. And then when they were done, obviously fucking stoned to the bone. The two of them just patched. And then about a month later, uh, fucking Carter Ray was in, a, uh, in a, uh, Barcelona with his girlfriend. And I tell them, he's like, oh, where can I go? I was like, go to the plug. You'll be able to get in there. So he goes to the plug and the guy at the front desk is like, oh, do you know anybody that's like been here and this and that? And Carter starts rhyming off names of everybody he knew, say Scotland. And he goes, Hayden Bain. The guy goes, I've got his ID. <laughs> it's, it's still sitting in Carter's hoofs. It's still sitting in Carter's hoofs,
1: Whatever. Mate, that is amazing. It's like travel the world. <laughs> I know. You're fucking know even where. Mate, that's mental, in right? <laughs> That's like proper like but like small world story shit, isn't you know? <laughs> it.
0: Mate, it's it's actual mental. It would scare you like how, how small classic, the world is. Man. That is that is like heavy. That is like my story, man. Mate, like even I definitely please. like I... the wor- the world's a mad place. Like even Last week I done a, I done an episode that's got to be coming out on Sunday here, and uh, we a guy from Edmonton called Will, and I was talking to him, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, I uh, years ago, like, I, I took a few of my pals to my birthday, and we went to Toronto, and we went to Patrick topping and Coda," and I was like, oh, fuck off! Mm-hmm. What year? Was that 2018? I was like, "Mate, I was there at all. The two years were are in the fucking same place, probably started ten the same as you and Stephen right, and fucking." Uh, in Pacha started 10 feet apart and a oh, year that. later we're, right. we're doing a podcast in that and I, I wanted to talk about that as well because we've heard Stephen's account of that but can I let you tell that story as well about the, the night in, in Pacha because obviously I was out for the count I thought I was going to die that night I thought that was my that was my limit and my life was over and I was lying in my bed and <laughs> Grant kept telling me i to state you you're not going out the night man. you'll be in your bed <laughs> and then I rose for the dead and get showered and get in the taxi and all of a sudden I was like we're squishing Steven the they there in the taxi to Pacha I was like right sound all of a sudden we pull up at Eden and I'm like hold on a second when the fuck did this happen when did we get told that we were going here we're like oh you were you were out when we decided this uh,
1: so <laughs> like we were saying earlier on man like, we, we rocked up you had like a, a ticket that's like before like a certain time so as they say it's like before twelve o'clock or something that we rocked up I just had the normal ticket, so I just jumped in. I go through the the the, the queue, got to the smokers, but the smokers a bit like raised. I think like Stephen said, this like, the bit raised, so you can see on in the queue. Start so to talk to these like two random guys for ages, and then like half an hour goes past, and I'm like, ah, where's Stephen? Like, <laughs> he definitely should have been in here, didn't it? He? And I'm like, looking at the queue, going, oh no, he's not here. And I'm like to these guys, I'm like, oh mate, I'm quite like, my pals, I'll oh, see And I'm like walking about the smokers, but. And then uh, I, I'm like, I'll just text him or I'll phone him. and I pulled out my phone, and my phone died, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do now?" <laughs> so I just got like, I just go in and like, look, I'm like, i oh, will definitely find them. Like, is it can't, even, the, the place can't even be that big. And then like, I, I didn't know that it was like the best club you'd ever seen in your life. So I'm like walking about, man. Spent like, like, that, I mean, that was about half twelve. I realised I didn't, I didn't have them. And then there's a Snapchat of me, like, meeting him. And he, like, it was a Snapchat, and he used to take a picture of me saying, found the big man. And there's, like, 5.16 in the morning. <laughs> and I'm just standing. <laughs> and then the place ended up shutting at, like, six. And then I remember, like, I I remember seeing him, like, I think it's, like, six or seven, I'm sure. The last, like, like hour or two hours we were together, like, it was, like, the best show ever. But we, like, we were just, like, we were standing right like, next to each other. And I ended up bumping into him. And then just being, like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But We's, then like, after that night finished, like we started walking home, uh, and then uh, we, we ended up in like, a, a, a gym play park, like down at the beach, and then we're just sitting there and like, I'm like, man, I'm getting a pump on. <laughs> started doing on the machines. It's real funny, man. It's like it's like it's like thirty degrees
0: outside, like six in the morning. Man. It's class. <laughs> we used know it. We's no one like 10 feet apart for each other and all the whole night, like when you found each other, you're like, where were you? And he's like, just there. And you're like, I was just here.
1: I I remember him saying to me, I was, uh, have have you been on like the dance floor long? And I remember was saying, I've been here for quite a while. And I'm like, mate, I've been standing here for ages. (laughs) We've been standing right next to each other. Mental man. Aye. It's unbelievable, so it is, man. It's oh, such a buzz, man. but like that, like that story is hilarious because, like, we talk about that all the time, you know what I mean?
0: Uh it's and, like, it he's just fun. like,
1: even though, like, it would have been better Ren, like, see, like, being somewhere like that yourself, man, it's like, you're just like, this is class, man, you're just pure, like, can take everything in, you know what I mean? Right,
0: that's that's a mad story as well because, like, that's the fear when you're in these places is losing everybody your way and just being stuck by yourself and being like oh no the panic starts setting in like oh fuck what have I got to do here like
1: and oh then all of a God.
0: sudden you just bump into them because aye
1: aye because it's, it's not even like that like see if like it had been in other night it would be like alright like I'll just go and see somebody else but it's like the one night like, that it's just me and him I pull up my phone and I remember actually pulling out and as I pulled out it just went just died and I'm like oh no isn't it good? This is not, this is not ideal. <laughs>
0: oh, definitely not, man. And right. Mate, there was, fucking, there's just, that, that full holiday, I mean, it was only four days, but the amount of mad shit that went on was just fucking ridiculous. Like, the full, yeah. the full weekend, or the full <clears throat> four days, I think they came home in the Sunday or something like that, it was just nuts and like, but like you said earlier, you you of find your limits. And I remember in the last night when we went to see Fat Boy Slim, fucking everybody else was kinda of bust and just taking it easy, like oh, we're going home the And I was in a fucking condition, my dad, coconut brass strapped on the top of my head and <laughs> everything. The wee guys with the wee giraffes, the guys that were dressed up as giraffes, I'm like clinging on their stumps and all that, and Grads looking at me going. Somebody picked you in the bin, man, you're a fucking disaster. I'm no way you're <laughs> I remember I like <clears throat> I went into the um,
1: I went into the the Elro room and I was just like this isn't me man, this is just his this isn't for, <laughs> is for me, man. Like I just I was <laughs> like this is like well too much. So I, I went into the the other room. There was like, sh- like um Steve who was playing like all night. It was like, like a nine hour set or something like it was then. I mean holding Kyle in there, man. It was it was amazing. I remember like there was like one hang up here. Remember about it, it's like no, i had never really seen folk doing this before, like especially but like, this kind of extent. Like any DJ that, like, he like, played, um, domino, but oxia, or oxia, but no, like, domino, no. but oxia. He played it like as if like it's in like a third deck kind of song, right? And he played it. He must have played it for about like. 30 minutes, right? And so see, like, as he was playing the, the kind of main two songs, he would bring it in, like, very slightly. So you knew, it's, you could hear it. You could hear the, the, the dead distinct bits in it, and you knew it was coming. But then he would take it, uh, and he wouldn't play it for ages. And then that's, what he, like, we're talking about, like, like, building building up and building on. And that's what he done. He built it up for, like, hours. And then, see, eventually, he, he built it all the way up to that, that song, and that was at the kind of peak of the night. And then everything kind of, like, like paper done after that and I was like oh, man that was like that's a pure genius genius move that but like somebody like Steve Lawler man like like you would pure expect something like that you know what I mean Yeah. Like, just pure like oh, the, the, tunes, the tunes were class man and like seeing folk like that it's just like just makes you realise like how good how good some folk are you know what I mean I, I mean it's like you can get to being good but being see you to into that next like oh man it's like years and years and years of experience you need to be like that and I mean? the
0: is a place for that, as well, there's, there's so many different, like literally every single night you look at the lineups in every club and you're like, it's chock full of fucking banging DJs. And I mean, oh, a, uh... that same night you had Fatboy Slim playing <laughs> in the main room as well. And I was actually speaking to somebody about this the other day because uh, there was a Fatboy Slim song come on the radio and I was talking to them and they were like, uh, who plays this and that? And I was like, I've seen this cunt. But see, fat boy, Slim, he only played 45 minutes. Like, I was kind of disappointed. Like, the price that you pay for the ticket, and then he only played 45 minutes. But then I really thought about it, and I was like, Um. they couldn't play play Creamfields that day. So he must have literally played Creamfields, left there, got on a flight, came to Ibiza, and played an, an amnesia for close to an hour. He can't must have been right. fucked. He's like, what, 54, 53, something like that.
1: Uh, I mean, uh, I made mean, seen Jasper James once, and that day he was at, he um, was like that morning, he was in DC 10, and then I seen him at a kind of festival, like, like 12 hours later, you know what I mean? And it's like, how do you, it's like, imagine that life, man, that life, just being stuff like that it would be amazing,
0: I think. I mean, imagine, you know like, I mean? well, you know the things that you, put yourself through in four days being in IV and being non-stop and not having a lot of sleep. Imagine it's like doing that for years on end, like, jumping place to place and playing all these different fucking places so close together and just being travelling in between, like, it, it must be, it must really wear on you, do you know what I mean? Like, and even... Oh, definitely, man. Aye. And I think you've seen it as well, I mean, with Dennis Salter, obviously, is one that comes to mind is... Mean th- my very first ever kind of full proper techno event was Dennis Sulta and Sully, and you were there that night, like the night that we all went, and he was mm-hmm. phenomenal. And that was kind of went right as he hit that that uh, level where he just after that he just started to kind of take off. Like he was very well known in Glasgow for a while before that, and then since then he just hit a level where it was like they couldn't look unstoppable. But I think, uh, from playing so right, often yeah. and that lifestyle of travelling and being non-stop I think I just wore on him for a because now you're seeing him kind of pick and choose the gigs that he's playing and he's not as full throttle as he was before where I used to see him everywhere and now it's like I'm just focused on doing what I'm doing and I'll play the gigs I want to play but I don't have any pressure on forcing myself mm-hmm. to play every single opportunity that I get do you know what I
1: mean? Ah, uh, exactly especially like like now, man, like obviously, like, folk will like to just play anything and as often as they can and all that, but like, you will get like folk will get to the point where they're like, you, you, I don't know, like, i think, do these folks do they get bored there? Like, you know what I mean? Would, would that ever get boring if like, folk with Fatboy Slims doing it in like 54? Would it like, you know what I mean? Would it ever get boring? You know what I mean?
0: Uh, I don't know. I think, I think again, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier where that. Like there's probably times where you just can't be asked with it. Like, I mean, even for me, there's sometimes where I know I'm going to so- do. I need to do something, and I just can't be asked any. You just why fucking sit about and be lazy and fucking chill out. But I think it comes back to that. See, when you play that tune, that gets folk gone and that feeling that you get, the the goosebumps and the the buzz that you get ah. after, I think that that's what kind of keeps them going. I think. To, obviously, these people need to love music oh, and definitely. love what they do, and they probably do enjoy it most of the time. But I think they're the—that's the fuel when you when you have the moments that can mm-hmm. give you a new one to just keep pushing on and then more and more. And I think for somebody like that and Carl Cox as well, you're seeing them being more selective, but they're also making sure that they're getting quality in over quantity. Like you always see them playing the big yeah. festivals and. Uh, doing their nights in Ibiza and making, that's their kind of main, their main, uh, their main goal. And then other than that, it's just being aware enough to take take care of themselves and take time to be with their family and take time to kind of have their alone time and chill out and relax. Definitely, man, it would be, it'd be a lot,
1: man, to the travelling. I mean, you see folk like doing like 250 plus shows a year and it's like, uh. like, you can only you can only get so much jet lag before it must start absolutely breaking your body. You know what I mean?
0: But uh, Salados, well, a big like, one
1: you for see, that. like you see, like I, they just don't stop, man. I mean, you yeah. see Salados; they're just everywhere, and that, that that probably like accumulates into their fame. You know what I mean? That probably is like, a big reason of why they're so famous because of the actual volume of them putting their name out there is so it's so high. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And, I mean, they did everything as well. It's not just their shows. Like, they're, they're folk that, you, like, I've seen them just before lockdown went on. Like, they were playing a show in Manchester one night. Then the next day they were in Australia. And then they played Argentina, Colombia, like that kind of South American circuit. And then they were back playing in England, like, within days. But on top of that, they did their, they did the radio show. I mean, I know it's only one of them. I know it's only James that does that. But even still, like, for, to still find the time to do that, and on top of that, every fucking song you put out is an absolute anthem. Every single song, it just rips dance floors apart, Aye. and is at the Aye. top of the charts.
1: I I know it's it's that, that thing as well, man. It's like you just think it like folk folk play so many like somebody just plays so many shows. And I think that's I think you I think you do start to see more of like it would be good to see more DJs that aren't just famous because of their good producers, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you don't get, you don't get that many, you know what I mean? I think Dennis it was obviously not, like, world-renowned for his, like, production, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, Jack Master, obviously, like, for, like Big Miz, he churns it, tunes like, nothing else, and that's obviously going to help his fame, but, but like like Carl Cox man, Carl Cox is like the biggest DJ ever. Like I would like he's he's a he's a DJ before a producer. You know what I mean? Uh,
0: he's he's the exception though because he he came up over time as well. Like he earned the right to do that. Like he was playing in Ibiza in the eighties, and he was just and that was the time where Ibiza was really becoming what it is that we know today. Where it was kind of coming into its own and it was a place where it was just enjoyment and freedom and going to do what you want today and the parties were insane and the music was phenomenal and he's essentially built a full career off of not like you said not necessarily being a producer but playing the right tune at the right time song selection like he just has a weapon a tune like he has a weapon uh, he weapons and he's, and he's uh, at his disposal. And I mean, you've probably seen as well with the live streams he's been doing for like Beatport, and uh, I think he's been doing like a Dino series on Mixcloud as well. And you look behind him, and I've seen other videos of it as well for when he moved house and moved to Australia. And his record collection is like a fucking library. It's scary how many records that record record collection has. Uh, he, I you think
1: about it like, let's see him like you, you see those records and he's not picking bad records you know what i mean no. he's like every one of those records is gonna be absolutely like you know I mean
0: it's he's got he's got the perfect thing for all times and he's it's something like it's a it's a constant battle right because see when you see Carl Cox you kind of have an idea of what he's going to bring, but you never really know exactly what it is. He's always got to bring that tune that you've never heard, and he's got to bring the right thing that you didn't know that you need until he plays it. And then in comparison, you've got somebody like Rainer Zonneveld. Rainer Zonneveld is, for me, one of the most like creative people in terms of live performance. Like, There's a few, there's probably him, Paula Temple, and kink off the top of my head, kink is ridiculous it, with the kind of live performance stuff aye, he does. Aye, but uh, kink's on a different level. Kink just aye. Reynolds Onaveld, Reynolds he's he's somebody that, like I seen Reynolds Onaveld in, uh, in Awakenings but see every single, like I've not seen him since, but every single video I see of him or like the different shows he plays over that like that was two years ago now I've seen him nearly. It's all very similar. It's all the the same tunes that he's playing. There's no uh, Mm -hmm. mix up of what you're going to get. When you show up to see him, you know what it is that you're going to get and he's got some banging tunes. Once you've seen it once, you've seen it. There's no as much motivation to go back and see it time and time again.
1: Aye, I, I know what you mean. It's sometimes like um like I'm like I'm like over the last like year, I've got dead into FIAC and like they, they turn the chunks like nothing else and they like their like like show is amazing. But like there's a couple of times where you you see their shows like from different nights and you'll be like they're quite similar, you know what I mean? I think that's maybe why they've started doing a lot more like kind of DJ sets and all that. Um, since they be, kind of became the two of them I think there's just I think they're just limited in the kind of the actual volume of what they can do in a live set as if you know what I mean if there's three folk you can do a lot more than two folk you know what I mean
0: yeah. and I think uh, a lot of that comes from it's not against them but I think a lot of that comes from because like I'm a huge fan of Yak as well and when I seen them they were fucking phenomenal like their set is unreal but then I think it that comes down yeah. to like, see, when you're uh, when you have a live performance, and like we were talking about just there, where uh, you're jumping place to place and you're playing so many shows, you can't like everything is live, right? So everyone's programmed and able, and they've got certain like layers to each tune, and they they have a like the library of sounds rather than library of tunes, and they build each tune as they go. Whereas mm-hmm. when you've got someone who's just a DJ, you don't need to make the tunes. You can just download the tunes and they're all on a usb stick whereas for them they need to kind of plan everything out and make sure that they've got everything they need for each tune that they're going to build and i mean they're they're i think they're better than a lot of people because they spend so much time in the studio as well and when they're not performing that's what they just live man that's like, that's what they do man they just live in that studio man
1: and they're just like like they're just so like if you see if you follow like obviously like i know you follow on social media and that but like see other folk that don't man they're just engrossed in it like it's just their life man they just like every hour of the day man but like, it's just like a like they always like like kind of post a picture a few times i like them like sleeping on the keyboard and that's like that's the kind of like level of dedication that they have man you know what i
0: mean uh, in the, the, I mean, that studio is a stuff of dreams. I think for everybody that likes music, they they look at that and they go, holy fuck! see, do you know what? Do you know what amazes me most about FIAC? is like they're phenomenal musically, right? And see the ability that they have is, it's like it's hard to imagine to be able to have that much skill and that much talent, especially at the age that they're at. But the thing that that I, I look at and cry. go, how the fuck do they do that? is the fact that they're fucking so fucking high all the time and they can still get stuff done. See, if I was in that condition, I wouldn't do fuck all. I'd be sitting in my arse, munching constantly. There's not a chance I would make any sort of tune.
1: Hey, mate, it's unbelievable, man. It's like, it's how can they, like, how can that, like, heighten their work capacity? You know what I mean? Like, you would think that would that would end them. You know what I mean? Like, doing, doing stuff like that. They just don't, they actually just don't stop, man. They're just, like, on it all the time. You know what I mean? I think it must help, but like, see, because there's two of them and they're, like, best pals. And, like, that, like, that must help so much. Like, just being, like, there with, obviously, like, your best pal in that. And it's, like, see, see as well, it's, like, I think that they're, like, a pure good example of how powerful social media is, man. Because it's, like, they're not Like, obviously, they've, like, they've got a pure mastery of what they do even as DJs, they're really good DJs. they like, they just, they, they don't take themselves too seriously. And that's like, like you know, we were talking about earlier, on, like they kind of to play music for folk to enjoy themselves. You know what I mean? There's no need to, there's no need to like, not why to work with people who are like, you know, doing this for them and all that. You know what I mean? That's what they do, that's what they, they just like, the social media is like, hilarious. Like if you go through you like, pitching yourself off now, folk know they can just have a pure laugh. Okay.
0: They're just, they're very relatable and how, again, taking it back to what I talked about earlier, is they're very relatable in what they do and how they approach things. And it's like, yeah, we're just here to enjoy ourselves. And I think, like you said, like they're best pals and uh, it's more of a social thing for them as well, right? Like a lot of folk will get together with their pals like and go for a pint or they'll go like play fives every week or whatever it is. Whereas they'll just be like, you know, do you want to, like, Get together and smoke dubs, and they just go and sit in the studio and chill out and have a laugh and make some music and that. Like, that's just what they do their social activity. They're no, uh, and just burn uh, time that being unproductive, they
1: jam. Uh, the whole spandau kind of thing that they do. The, I like they've got so I much the, like the record label. That's the, I, the, like that, even that, that record label's class,
0: man. That record label's amazing size. So and they're bringing these people up. Like a lot, a lot of people that are possibly uh, maybe not as known or don't get as much credit as they deserve who are kind of on the come up and working hard and like uh, kind of try to find their path. They're, they're recognising that and they're bringing them into this atmosphere similar to what close contact are doing where it's like this is this is a family and you can be part of it and we're, we're including and it doesn't really matter what you, where you come from or what you're doing that like, we we'll are just got to promote you doing good shit and keeping keeping pushing on and working hard. And I think that's been a lot of their success because yeah. you've seen people like Ellie Acula coming through and Klaus Schoning and I stuff like there. that.
1: They've been that's the, 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 the two that stand up for me, man. They're yeah. class. Amazing. So that's, that's the thing, man. It's like right, with the folk that have done the close, close contacts, thing, like going to like the videos and all that. It's like people are always like good sound. To see if it's nice to them, man. Everybody's like sounding. That's like that's what you want, man. You just want folk to get along with each other and that I mean have a laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's good, man. But everybody, everybody benefits from it. You know what I mean? Obviously, like like we like Stephen Daniel, like they get to make this like huge portfolio of like of like content, and then in return, like see, like see half the DJs like, I follow, like gonna they all use close contact video, like. Like screenshots, basically, is their profile picture for the DJ page. I think that's like heavy cool. You know what I mean? I think that's really cool. You always see them using like a, uh, like, um, like for, for their promo for their, their, their channel, a promo for the mixes and all that. You always see it's like wee bits of the video or like all pictures and that. And it's just like, that's just like something that, like, that it's just like the pure O to, to Stephen and Daniel for that, man. It's class, I think. You know what I mean? Stephen and think- Daniel, happy to it, man. Stephen and Daniel that, enjoy it that much. That they just love doing it.
0: Well, well I mean? again, it's, it's going back to the same thing that Fjacks doing as well. It's a social thing for the minute. It's like, see if they two were, or all years, I suppose, was to get together and just sit about and, or go for a pint or whatever and just no day anything. Then it's like, aye, it's sound. It's nice being with your pals, but it's like when you were we, you always had something today. And then over time, it becomes just getting together and then nothing together. So... For, to be able to do this yeah. is something that everybody loves it, it it makes it makes things more enjoyable and uh, you're actually working towards something you have something mm-hmm. that you can reap the benefits of and i think that's that's the All key right. for me to any sort of success and whether that be uh people who do youtube like even your biggest cringiest youtubers like take ksi for example as well like most of his shit is just him and his pals getting together and they just Happen to film it like there's no, aye. there's nothing that's pre organized and making, aye, they're just taking the piss, man. Right? And folk love it because it's it's relatable because that's what they do with their pals. The only difference is they're not putting on the internet for <laughs> millions of folk to see it. Do you know what I mean? Right? But
1: that's like, man, like sometimes you sit like I'll sit with the boys and that, like, like some of the part is just so good that I think, see if we like, see if we were to film this, man, we'd, we'd either like. Be famous, I would end up in
0: jail. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. There's a line though, because that's what <laughs> I found when I came to Canada. That was a big thing that stood out to me. Is like, see, see in Scotland, pretty much anything goes because everybody knows that you're just you're just kidding on. Like when you're Aye. with your pals, you say things that fo- you say and do things, especially with our friend group, you say and do things where. If anybody outside of the friend group was to hear it, they would be fucking appalled and they'd be uproar and folk would be hanging you in the fucking middle of George Square. But at the, but at the end of the day, it's like everybody knows you're having a laugh. Kyle, and Kyle
1: would be subject to like Kyle. Kyle would have been subject to a, a public execution, didn't you know, I think?
0: <laughs> Voicey, I no, man.
1: voicing mate. I know, man. It's like he was like the. Oh, he's just like. Right, no, nobody can tell me today, man.
0: And I think, uh, The more you
1: tell don't. The I, more he more, the
0: more he does it. Because he knows it's getting on somebody's nerves and he just wants to keep... Once he finds the button, he just keeps pushing it until the fucking self-destruct happens, isn't it? you like, shut up. He's <laughs> <you're> like, no. <laughs> I think we're very similar to Australians in that sense, where we're the only two countries that are really like that, where... It's like everybody else is so caught up in politics and being uh, correct and being uh, on best behaviour and this and that, where we're just like, ah, mate, what the fuck does any it matter, man? Like, see everything that every other country's worried about and, Aye. like, stressing about. In reality, to folk that are normal folk, it has zero effect. See, see if you're just enjoying yourself and having a laugh and, Aye. like, what the fuck does it matter, right? At the end of the day, everybody is everybody knows morally what's right and wrong and you know how to handle yourself in situations where you can't. But see when you're with your pals and your way your family and, like, the folk that you know well, man, like, there's, you can't bullshit they kind of people, right? There's, they've known you for so long that you can't pretend to be anything else. Except for Aye. what you actually are. So you just got to fucking go with it and just enjoy it and take everything in the chin.
1: Aye, that's what it is, man. You just, you just want to, you just want know where you stand with folk. And that's what you get like 90% of the time. Obviously, there's like folk that, folk in our kind of generation just like, while they're through their phones and that. And I think that kind of makes it a bit worse. But for most folk that you meet, like, they're always like, generally like, quite sound here. Um, but I, like you said, man, it's like, it's like, like with the drinking culture and all that, it's like the biggest like it's like a pure good thing in terms of like creating the kind of culture of people, but then at the same time obviously it has its kinda of, has its downsides, folk take it too far. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like folk take like beving and that well too far. But uh <laughs> I mean, I square at the weekend, man. I've never seen so many smashed bottles in my life, man. Terrifying.
0: I you're always gonna get folk that takes it too far and kind of push the limits a wee bit too much but see at the end of the day this is kind of how I was explaining it like obviously like when I had Carter and Carson earlier and Carter's been twice I suppose but they were kind of they didn't really know what to expect right because like you hear a lot about England but you don't hear as much about what it's actually like in Scotland again like I was saying folk just think oh it's beautiful and it's all hills and uh, castles and this and that but the the the, uh, the golden rule is just be sound, we can't. See so if you're sound, we cunts. Pretty much everybody else will be sound with you. You've always got to get the, the odd wrongings. Like, I don't know if you remember the night, that, that first night we were in Subby, when we seen Dennis Salter and uh, Carter was standing and this boy just turns to him when he heard them talking. he's like, you're a fucking actor." this, that, and starts just going off, like, trying to start a fight with him. And, and kept, I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it's was you or Bryce. It was one of the two He's Turns around and was like, fucking get a bye. And then after that it was aye, like the boy aye. just left my lane. You're always gonna get there, folk, but ninety percent of the time, see if you're on a night out, you've never met somebody in your life, see so as long as you're sounding them, they're usually all right, And They're usually just there to enjoy their
1: side. That's the thing, man, you do get the, the odd the odd few folk folk like, like you just see folk like some folk want to go on a night out and have a have a rammy man. You know what I mean? And I've just like never understood that ever. You know what I mean? Like who wants to just go out and just want to start scrapping with folk, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. you it, man. Like some folk, some folk just kind of get that kind of mentality that he'd, you know what I mean. But
0: you just got to stay away from it and just kind of distance yourself as best you can.
1: I know, aye, that's the that's the best way to be, man. Just let me remember what you're up for, man. You're up, you're out to enjoy yourself. You're up, you're out to see a DJ. You're up to, you know what I mean, Do that kind of stuff. Enjoy your, enjoy your time with your pals. And I see, I actually, I think like you see now, like after everything that's like happened, now I think folk might be a wee bit less like that folk will appreciate the fact that they get to see their pals and they just get to see other folk man. You know what I mean? Uh, like like she just gone out like obviously like in Saturday, like she's just gone out and being, like in like, a crowd of folk. You're just like, this is this is a, a lot to take in. You know what I mean? You're just not used to it anymore.
0: Right. Well Scooshank we're coming up on the time here so it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for sitting down <laughs> and uh, and uh taking the time to to do this. Uh I wish you all the best of luck with what you're doing with close contact. I think it's fantastic. And I think uh, the platform that you're building is brilliant. And hopefully I can be a part of it shortly. But if you just want to let everybody know where they can find you on social media, SoundCloud, all that good stuff.
1: Follow me at Alex Kirk on Instagram. And no, I don't post often, but when I do, it's usually it's all right. Um, like the close contact, like Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, watch the YouTube videos. You'll love them. It'll be the best thing you've ever watched in your life, just put them on, enjoy, have a couple of beers, chill out, man.
0: Just get it done. And obviously, SoundCloud as well. For
1: aye, SoundCloud, aye, the mix series as well. We've put every week there's something new on the on the mix series, it's been gone, it's like 30 plus strong now. So, aye, uh, record label as well, releasing tunes every so often. So, get on that as well, man
0: and make sure you keep up to date with what they've got going on. But uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, mate. Thank you very much. it's been class. What's happening, Troops? I'd just like to say thank you very much once again for the continued support over the last months. If you haven't already, go and check out Squishy's Mix over on our SoundCloud that was live on Friday. And you can find our whole catalogue of the podcast series on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Again, big shout out to the guys at Pale Studios, along with Kamikaze. If you haven't already, go and check them out. All the links will be down in the description. You can find them on Instagram and online at palestudios.ca.